Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host, Paul Arnold. I'm joined by Ernest Watts down in Rockingham, North Carolina. Ernest, I watched a terrific football game last Saturday between two teams from North Carolina. <laughs> did you watch every minute of that game? Yes, yes. I did not give up on my Tar Heels. That obviously was a, a game with no defense whatsoever. <laughs> It was it was a defensive coordinator's nightmare, to say the least. In case but. people are not cluing in, it was Wake Forest, which is having an amazing year uh, against the North Carolina Tar Heels, and it was like 59-56 or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And I think they had like one punt the entire game. That's another group that hates those type of games, punters. Well, maybe they don't. You know, They still stay on scholarship, even though they only have to punt one time. Uh, it's, it's two teams trying to outscore each other. It's unfortunately the ACC is becoming what the big 12 used to be with potent offenses and no defenses whatsoever. Kind of killed Wake had been talking about why aren't we rated in the final <laughs> four, by <laughs> the way, <laughs> speaking of college final fours, uh, you gotta feel pretty chesty there with Michigan ranked ahead of Michigan state, even though Michigan state beat them. In the polls. Yeah, that was a little weird. Um, I know why they did it, because Michigan State lost to supposedly an inferior Purdue team, and Michigan's coach Harbaugh made it a point to say that the Big Ten officials admitted they made a mistake and Michigan had a touchdown called back. Ah, uh, just sour grapes. It doesn't matter. Play the game. Sooner or later, we settled on the field, right? Isn't that what the coaches always say? Yeah, but one of the ironies is when they started going to this human ranking system, because it used to be on computers, one of the points of emphasis the last few years has been head-to-head matchup. And that's the rationale why Oregon is ranked third and Ohio State is ranked fourth, because Oregon beat Ohio State at Ohio State. So I guess it depends on where you beat them. In that it, it'll work itself out pretty sure yeah i think michigan's getting more credit than they deserve right now i I don't think they've uh, proven themselves yet yet. well you know ohio state has to face michigan have to face michigan state and they have to prove themselves and they beat those and and they win the the big 10 they will go in the final four even with one loss i have very little doubt about that The, the team that you've got to watch out for is Oklahoma because they have some tough games coming in. Now but. tell me what Oklahoma is undefeated. They're not in the top five or six. It's because they really haven't other than Texas. And that's a game where they had a huge comeback, which is on alleged neutral site, but still in the state of Texas. I don't know how it can be neutral, but uh, I, I think it's the, it, the fact that they've had a lot of games in which, they haven't exactly blown inferior opponents. There's a lot of beauty points to this, and it's, it's, that's the problem when you go into the using the human element, the observing thing, because a win is a win is a win. Now, if Oklahoma runs the course, and probably they're going to have to face, I don't know if they're going to face Texas, probably going to face Ohio, Iowa, Oklahoma State twice, Uh then they're probably going to get in also. It's just natty. I see no chance of going in because they've played the, you know, the best teams already and they're ranked fifth. I just don't, I think teams of the big five are going to right or wrong 
jump them, leapfrog them to get into that final four. Yeah, Cincinnati didn't do themselves any favor against Tulsa. Tulsa of all people, they looked so average against Tulsa. Yeah, Tulsa's not a bad team in that respect. I mean, it'd be interesting. I mean, we're all waiting for Georgia, uh, Alabama, because that's going to determine at least one of the slots. If Alabama wins, they and Georgia will both be in. They may slip Alabama in with two losses. Now that that will create a maelstrom of complaints. But Bama they does. They look more vulnerable than ever to me right now. Yeah, their their offense. They've lost the best linebacker. Their offense isn't flowing as good, but it's the esteem of Alabama. And you've only had one team with two losses make it to the Final Four. That was Ohio State, and and people moaned and groaned about that. If Alabama goes in and they're not the SEC champs, then you're going to have two or three conferences complain. But I don't see the ACC champ getting in the Final Four. Oregon's going to have to run the table on in to get in. Oklahoma could get in. And and Ohio State, if they run the table. So one of those three schools naturally is going to be dropped out. And that's that's going to be – see, I don't see Cincinnati going over those – five teams in a final four right or wrong yeah i mean that's the way the playoffs are done Until well we you get look to at it playoff. the big 10 has more teams in the top 10 than se or top six than the sec but what really is strange to me is not to have clemson even in the picture i mean clemson was up there for at least the last 10 12 years and now they're having that one down year do you think they'll yeah, be they- back next year Oh, yeah, they just lost depth. I mean, they lost uh, 15 guys transferred out to the transfer portal. And their offensive line was pretty weak. The quarterback has no confidence whatsoever. You you see him throwing directly to guys instead of throwing to open spaces. The defense has been injured, but, you know, they've kept them in games. I mean, you know, Clemson's just had one of those years that – that teams have every once in a while. Yeah, I think they'll be back. I mean, that's uh, Davo's a great recruiter, and he'll get another class in there. I venture, I'm surprised he has not pulled the quarterback more often. I guess, you know, you don't want to lose the kids' confidence in that respect. And now they've got a meal, and they're not going to be in the ACC championship. It's it's going to be Wake and State or, or probably Pitt. Uh, that's the teams you're going to have in there. None of those are going to be in the, the final four. No. But you've got five potential teams, not including Cincinnati, and and one of them, their their fans are going to complain that you know we didn't get a just chance in that respect, and that's that's nature. But we're all waiting for the second game of Georgia Alabama because that's going to be the national championship. Sure seems like it, and as much as I like the NFL, I just love college football Saturdays. It's just so much fun to see all the upsets. Three more regular season weeks left, Paul. Only three uh, more regular season weeks. Stop. It goes by. It's like Christmas. It really is. College football season is like Christmas. You, you try to time it because it goes by so fast, you know. And you know, you hear the Christmas songs on November first on the radio stations. September 1st, you see the Christmas trees on sale at the retail store, and you go, oh, Christmas is all year long. By the time you wake up, it's gone. Same with college football. You know, you, you get the magazines come out in June, and you get ready in the first games at Labor Day, and boom, 
you turn around and there's three weeks left and it's, it's gone. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'd love it. You can get 10 or 12 great games on a Saturday. Right. How much do you spend on magazines for college football? Well, you know, they're disappearing. There are only two now that come out. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah. And I've gone digital. I've been beaten into that. This is the first year I got my NHL, uh, uh, my uh, Hockey Times NHL preview on digital. I get Sports Illustrated on digital because I get it on time as opposed to the mail system. But uh, Lindy's and Athlon are the only uh, preview magazines for, for sports that come out anymore. Mm. It's the, 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 mag- the printed word magazine is, is dried up. That's the big change I've seen that I really hate. I don't get a Sears Toys catalog anymore. <laughs> no more Reader's Digest. No more Sports Illustrated waiting at the mailbox on Thursday for this week's Sports Illustrated <laughs> and my sport yeah, which, and my which... sporting news and my baseball digest <laughs> and my football digest and my hockey digest it's, it's, and my basketball digest. Now, you're I, telling I hate, me they don't words. do the swimsuit edition for Sports Illustrated anymore? Uh, they did, but I opted out. Um, that's just just doesn't seem right. <laughs> it just didn't, and I'm not a big uh, Megan The Stallion fan. She was on the front cover. She's a rap star. Okay. I know. You don't I do know, know who, who she is. is. Yeah. Oh, you do? Okay. I, do. I saw her in enough commercials. And isn't a stallion a male horse? Yes, but uh, I don't know. That's. Beyond my understanding. Yeah, no, two no guys, theater. old white guys trying to understand rap music. It's not going to happen. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, uh, Eminem turned 50 this year, so maybe <laughs> we're not that far out of it. He did. Wow. Yes, that's a fellow uh, Michiganler, Michiganlander. How do you, is that what we say? Michigander. 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 It's a fellow like a... Michigander like yourself. Yeah. He's a grandfather now. Wow. I'll just let that sink in. Marshall Mathers, Eminem, is a grandfather. There's hope for all of us. We got got off college football. Yeah, well, let's go to pro football. Today, some big signings happened. One sort of surprised me, and I was disappointed. The other one totally surprised me, and I don't think it's going to last. Guess which one totally surprised me, and and I don't (laughs) think it's going to last. OBJ going to the Rams? No, no, I think Cam. That totally, oh, Cam, I Cam will be with the Cam will be with the Panthers all year long. I don't think he'll start, but he'll be there all year long. Why, Ernest? Why? Why? They Just a why? Okay, here's the deal. All right, Sam Darnold has a broken scapula, which is your right shoulder blade, and I really think he injured it. Uh, they say at the New England game, but he had problems with the shoulders before that. I think. The Atlanta Falcons game is where he injured it. Now, he's thrown 10 interceptions in the last three weeks, and not because of a broken shoulder blade. And all year long, the Panthers wanted to get a veteran backup due to injuries, and they couldn't pick one up. They, they tried to trade, couldn't pick it up. The current uh, backup is, is P.J. Walker, who played for a uh, coach at Temple, he was the XFL, would have been the XFL MVP, but he's a little undersized, like 5'10", uh, and he's just not that accurate. I mean, he started two games, he's won one, 
but he beat the Lions, and he threw three interceptions in that game. And no, I'm not going for the cheap Lions joke. Fill in your own cheap Lions joke here, okay? Uh, they needed a veteran. I mean, they signed Matt Barkley from USC, who's on his sixth team. So they wanted a veteran backup, and I think probably part of the deal with Cam was the idea that you're not going to be the starter. You know, we're, we're going to have to see what Darnold can do when he's healthy and when he's got uh, McCaffrey in the backfield. So I think he probably accepted the terms of this, and he will be with the team, and they'll put P.J. Walker on the practice squad, and Cam will be the backup for the rest of the year. And I, I think that was clearly understood, and I think that was – clearly expressed to him that he will not be the starter. He's not starting this week. He may start in a couple weeks. But when Darnold's ready, because they've invested him next year, because Cam's a one-year contract. So there's no future here. He's just filling in as a backup. So uh, is the Cam of old? No, he's physically beaten up. But aren't you and the he, guy that says you can't go back home again? Oh, yes. Uh, the second... Will. Uh, famous North Carolina. Second, uh, Thomas Wolf, famous North Carolina writer from Asheville, North Carolina. If he comes and he's humbled and he's okay with being a backup. But Wait a second. You said Cam humble? Is that you put those two words know, together? Don't you, don't you think the last two years have not humbled him a little bit? No, no. Did you see the video with his dad? Yeah, but I think he's going to understand the terms. I mean, it's a one year contract. Uh, it's, it's, it was the. They had extra cap space. The trade deadline has passed. That's dead money. They had to go ahead and use it. So that's what they're okay, doing. Okay, so here's my attempt to accept this. It doesn't matter if I accept it or not. I do think Cam has some good year or two left in him. I mean, he didn't play horrible with the Patriots. He still has a decent enough arm. He's big enough, strong enough. He doesn't get injured. I mean, that's the main thing if he gets injured. But one of the main reasons they pushed him out of New England was that a lot of players were choosing him over Mac Jones. And and um, there's no doubt that you know Cam is not a, like a low-profile guy. He's going to draw his attention all the time. And is that a distraction or a help? Well, there's less than... 15 guys on the squad that were on the team when he played. So he's basically coming into a new team. Uh, you know, anybody who thinks they're going to get to camp in 2016 is, is living in the dream world. But he could be a pretty basic good backup, and that's what they're bringing him in for. Uh, I'm surprised by the move because to me this – this leaves the impression they think they still have a chance to make the playoffs. And, you know, theoretically, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I do think uh, uh, a nine and eight team, eight, nine team will probably get in the NFC because there's a lot of mediocrity. I mean, it's, we're getting to the point. Pete Rosell's dream was full parity in the league. He wanted everybody to finish. At that time, it was a 14-game season. He wanted everybody to finish seven and seven and tiebreakers to determine the playoffs. He thought that would be the best thing for the NFL. He thought dominant th- teams were the antithesis to success, when reality, the most interest is when we have those dominant teams. 
those Steelers teams, those Cowboys teams, the 49ers teams, and the Patriots. That's really when you get because it divides up because people either root for Goliath or they don't root for Goliath. And I think that I think when you have a different champ every year, that kind of lose overall interest in the league. And you know, for fans of particular teams, it gives them that false hope or false wish that they're going to get to a Super Bowl. But we we like dominant we like dynasties but uh you know again i'm, I'm kind of surprised in the aspect that they obviously think they have a chance this year to do something now he got up to 10 million dollars depending on how much he plays is that how it yeah, works yeah yeah it's how much he plays how much yardage he does and all that so what's the bare minimum do you know uh, for his age, see, you remember now, uh, the NFL structures his contracts. <coughs> there's a base minimum based on the number of years you've played, and he's a 10-year vet. So I'd venture to say that's probably half that, $5 million at least, particularly at quarterback, because the, the, the minimum contracts are based on the position and the number of years of service. So I would venture to say probably half of that is guaranteed. Well, let's stop Money. right here because uh, I failed to recognize today is Veterans Day, and you say the word service. We both really love a lot of guys that we've known personally who served in the Army and Navy and Air Force and even Coast Guard. And I know your dad, who just passed away this last year, served in the Army, correct? Yes, and my five uncles and my brother all served, you know, and we shouldn't, you know, I have a beef with us just putting aside one day, you know, cause we have a day to honor sandwiches. We have a day to honor ice cream, you know, national ice cream day. To me, I think we should honor vets 365. And I think when we see, and, and that's for active duty individuals also, I think, and I try to make a point of this. I don't always do it, but I try to do as most. And I'm not saying this as, as recognizing myself, but I think I'd like other people to pick up this habit is when I see someone in uniform, active duty, I, I thank them for their service, for the sacrifice they've given. And I think, like I said, recognizing we, we have two days. We have Memorial Day for those who gave their lives in service uh, in the military and Veterans Day for those who have uh, completed their service. But I venture to say that every day we should honor active duty veterans and those who have given their lives. I think that's a constant thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a big one for memorials. I don't think statues, but I do believe anything that, that honors those who have sacrificed their lives. Time, family time and all that should, should be done. I'm uh, in favor of that. I'm okay. I used to have a problem, you know, veteran stadium in Philadelphia was – was an effort that they have done over the years to it's one of the few stadiums that didn't have a corporate name because they tried to honor the veterans and service in that respect. So I'm, I'm big on that and in keeping the big upset in college basketball this year was Navy going down to Charlottesville and beating number 25 ranked Virginia. And I know what you're thinking. This is way too early for college basketball talk. So we'll go back to honoring our vets. Yeah. Well, I, as many people know who listen to this podcast, um, I spent many years working with senior adults at a facility, and we'd always have the uh, services on, on Veterans Day and Memorial Day. 
And on Veterans Day, these guys, we'd encourage them to put on their uniforms. But, you know, we had a few of World War II vets, but they're far and few between now. And just to see them get dressed up and just thank them. And simple things like holding the door open for them. Or if you're in a restaurant and you see somebody who's a veteran paying for their lunch. Um, And just a simple handshake, like you said, and saying thank you for your service. I mean, I think veterans want and deserve our respect first and foremost. Well, I I think we as a country have have not completed our obligation to care for them. Uh, As someone who has worked and and been around veterans' hospitals and and VA and veterans' retirement facilities, there are a lot of them that are not adequately repaying these individuals for the sacrifice they pay. Uh, we, We we. tend to, like I said, we have not done our part of the obligation. You won't hear them complain, but I think we've fallen short in in honoring those. I mean, we think we have a parade once a year and lay some flowers on a grave and that kind of fulfills it. No. Our, the uh, obligation and the price we pay for our freedom is something that's 24 365. And, and again, uh, not to believe the thought, but I think we, it should be Veterans Year. It yeah. should be Memorial Year. It should be Active Duty Year. Well, let, me, let me transfer this back to sports in a sort of good way. So oh, we're going to go gro- back to OBJ? No, 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 no. Before we get there, when I was growing up, my dad was a huge fan of Roger Staubach. Here was a guy who won the Heisman Award at Navy and served his time and then came out and played for the Dallas Cowboys. Stand-up guy, still living in Dallas area. Um, and my dad also was in the Navy and wore the Navy whites and worked at the Pentagon. And so when I was growing up, I saw those Navy whites in the closet. And I, you know, to me, that was the honor and the respect that you put country above football back then. Can you think of another uh, oh, veteran yeah. that was really outstanding to you as a kid? Uh, Saw him honored at Monday Night Football, uh, Rocky Blyer. For the Steelers. He was in Vietnam. Uh, Served in Vietnam, was actually, uh, got the Purple Heart, was wounded. And when he returned in 1969, the doctors told them that you're not playing football. You may not ever walk again. And now he has four Super Bowl rings on his hands. Nice. Uh, I mean, that's they did a horrible movie with Robert Urich. Urich, Urich, yes, Robert Urich playing him, and Rocky Blyer probably could have done it himself. And the man never ages. He looks the same. He, he, he kind of had the same problem we did, kind of light on top. But <laughs> uh, he still looked good, and I know he's going to be pushing 70 or so in that respect. But, there, you know, the, the theme between sports and the military is, is run on. One of the best football players for West Point was Dwight D. Eisenhower. Dwight D. talks about tackling Jim Thorpe when he was there. Uh, it, speaking of Robert, Robert uh, uh, to Roger Staubach, it was nice to see the Cowboys lose. No, it was nice <laughs> to see the Cowboys go with the uh, red, white, and blue uh, stripes on their helmets like yeah. they did in 1976. They did it in 76 for the Bicentennial, uh-huh. and they did it again last week um, uh, in their game against uh, Denver. Uh, usually it's a blue, white, blue stripe on top of them with red, white, and blue. So what's wrong with Dak then? Let's get to real football now. What's wrong with Dak? 
I don't think it was so much Dak. I think his, his, there's a problem with now. I've been consulting with my cowboy expert, which is my sl- oldest Jordan. Son. Yeah, Jordan, and he says the problem all year has been uh, off tackle plays. They just can't outstop the rush off tackle, and that certainly was true in that game. And it got to a point some turnovers where the Cowboys got a large lead, and it was thirty to nothing. I think the third quarter, the last two touchdowns were kind of after the fact, you know, it was less than a quarter to go. Didn't Jordan play but, defensive line? No, he, he was a tight end. Oh, I forgot about that. He was a tight end, yes. Uh, and they don't need tight ends. They're doing pretty good with the Cowboys. He's too old to play anyway. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, it's their defense. Everybody thought them, and they got the old line of coaches, defensive coordinator, but they're, they've had some problems on defensive line, their leading uh, sack artist is out for about a month or so. But but that's such a again, every team has a problem. Do you think uh, McCarthy is the most out of shape head coach right now besides <laughs> Reed? I I don't think he's the brightest light bulb in the bunch. He doesn't <laughs> game 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 situation. Now I think he does a great job up until game time, but his game management is probably one of the worst in the league. It was that way with Green Bay. I think he's you know knows talent, motivates talent, gets the great coaches around him. But when the whistle blows, he does some strange, strange things, especially late game management in that respect. But I think every team has problems. I don't think there's any team outside of Tampa Bay which is is you know that dominant. I mean, which gets us to our rant of the week. You ready for this? It's, oh, our, it's what rant. number rant is this so far? This is this is the I guess this is you know, I I guess it's the big ant rant. Okay, you go ready? for it. Okay, it's NFL. I can't can't rake Kyrie Irving over to Coles for his lack of awareness, his selfishness, his self centeredness, unless I turn around and do the same thing for Aaron Rodgers. Uh I am Deeply disappointed. Now, he owes me nothing. Uh, he has his employers, and he missed one game, he missed two. He lied about what you know, he said he was inoculated. He's taking medical advice from Joe Rogan. Yes, the maintenance guy on the TV show, News Radio. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and again, he's obfuscated about this. But he cost his team a game because I have no doubt Aaron Rodgers would have beat the Kansas City Chiefs. It may cost him another one because he may not be prepared to play against Seattle this week. But, uh, and you know, y'all that listen to the podcast know my pick is the Tennessee and Green Bay Super Bowl. I'm still sticking to that because I don't think anybody's going to challenge them in the NFC Central. But this lack of awareness and this try. I mean, the best thing would have been if he just shut up and said, I messed up. I'm scared about getting a shot. But to say that he's checking with his medical experts, which I noticed he didn't say when he had his arm operated on and his shoulder and his knee operated, he was able to take anesthetic at that time. Uh, You know, it, it worse you know, State Farm's probably going to drop him because he's become polarizing. But it's, it's the selfishness. I mean, it's a team sport, and he was selfish. 
He didn't wear a mask as dictated by the NFL. He got fined for that. And I still think he's one of the best quarterbacks. I still think he'll lead his team to a Super Bowl. But he's incredibly selfish. And I can't, again, in full conscience, I mean, he, you know, he's um, well do his opinions. And it is his, his body. I agree. But he was selfish. And that's kind of hard to equate. Again, if I'm going to rake Kyrie over it, I got to do Aaron Rodgers the same way. All right, let me do you a counterpoint. Not that we're trying to be like these other shows or anything. Okay. In the big scheme of things, it's sort of good to give your quarterback a game rest in the middle of the season if you're looking at long term. If we dare do time management for NFL. I'm not saying that always works, but Aaron Rodgers is getting a little bit old. So that's the, the most positive spin I could put on it. But I agree can with I, you. Aaron Rodgers totally blew it, as I agree with you. When he was caught, he should have said, hey, I'm worried about this. This is my choice. I should have told everybody up front, this is what I wanted to do. I deceived people. I'm, I'm sorry. I hope that you can forgive me. Let's move on. You know, If he had done that, I think we all agree that people – I can understand, especially in this environment when they get worried about uh, COVID. So um, I'm not rooting against him any more than I did before. I mean, I'm a Lions fan. I need all the sympathy I can get, but he made a mistake. I just wish at some point he'd uh, own up to it. And my question back to you is, how do you think the fans are going to react to him when he goes out? I The report is that I just saw that he is playing this weekend. Yeah, but he's not eligible until Saturday, which means he won't practice. And that's if he does not get a positive um, test between now and then. So there's a lot of ifs in there. All the fans will root for him and they'll support him because he gives them a chance to be the Super Bowl. But let me destroy your concept of, of, of rest because in the NFC, seven teams will make the playoffs. And the number one seed will have a bye, only the number one seed. So the Packers are going to win the NFC Central. That's a given, all right? They are competing for the number one seed with the Rams and the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. And that extra week of rest would help a 38-year-old quarterback quite a bit. And his home field. It didn't help him last year because they have lost – to the Buccaneers at home. And they've been to the NFC Championship game two years in a row and sent home packing both times. And I think that was that was a gimme win. That Went was an easy packing? win for Did you really have to say that? Yes. Yeah, I had to. I'm sorry. Thank you for picking up on that in that respect. It's <laughs> the selfishness. And if you take his feelings about the inoculation or shots or vaccination aside, he still should not have gone to a Halloween party unmasked he should not have been doing interviews unmasked i mean it's it's again it's a selfishness and it kind of makes this whole last year kind of wonder that that maybe green bay management probably was not in the wrong as much as we thought that that maybe this selfishness need to be addressed that it's it's become aaron Rodgers and the packers instead of just the packers well, let's go to another player that doesn't have a shortage of ego, and that's OBJ, who just announced, or they just announced, the Rams 
are pushing all their chips in. They're doubling down. They're doing the daily double. They're bringing OBJ in to help the Rams get all the way to the Super Bowl. Ernest, this is a good idea. No. You got another selfish player. He left the Giants because he was selfish, because he thought every throw should have gone to him. The Cleveland Browns record is even actually better when he's not playing. He does some flashy things. He makes some great catches, but he's not a consistent all-pro receiver that people like to think he is. He is publicity. He's only been to one playoff game, two playoff games, excuse me. One, he went on a cruise to the Caribbean the week before, showing how serious it was when the Giants lost. Last year, I think he was injured and could not play in the two playoff games the Browns had. Uh, we had a famous bet on this podcast about him and Landry, who would get the most receptions. And I'm not going to say how that went. Landry got the most. But, uh, I mean, I've just never thought he was that good a receiver. I mean, everybody talks about the problems that Terrell Owens caused, and he certainly did. But Terrell call, when Terrell Owens got on the field, he was big and he was large and he made catches. Uh, OBJ just makes some flashy one-handed catches. That's it. I mean, he, he caused he caused probation for LSU for him giving out money on the sidelines. He wasn't even the best receiver when he was at LSU. He was just ahead of he, his time. I mean, I don't – the Rams got rid of Deshaun Jackson for him. I, I got I, one name I, for you that fits almost exactly like OBJ that's turned out okay for another team. You want to guess who that is? Oh, he plays for Tampa Bay. Yeah, Antonio Brown was nuclear. Nobody wanted to touch him. He had a, you know emotional distress issues and psychological issues and legal issues. And it was all about him after he left Pittsburgh. And yet... He's made it work, or they've made it work for him, or he's taken some medicine down in Tampa Bay. Well, and... no, he had he had the de facto general manager Tom Brady, who he lived with the first couple of weeks when he went there. Basically, said we're going to win a Super Bowl with you, without you. If you want to ring, you're going to shut up and play, and he has done that. <laughs> now, is there someone strong enough on the Rams to do that? No. Is is McKay going to do that? I mean, is I'm, I mean. Is Stafford? Stafford's never been a vocal leader. I've heard his wife speak out more than he has. Right. Who's that? I mean, you know, who's going to be that vocal leader? Is, is number 90 on the defensive line? Is he going to, someone's going to be strong enough. I mean, you got some big egos in that team now. Jalen Ramsey. Von Miller. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, and you know, the Rams are best when, they have great running. They pass off the running attack. And Henderson's oh, uh, workman like running back. They don't have a Todd Gurley. They don't have someone they can throw screens to, bubble screens. Someone that can, you know, run a, a curling pattern out of the backfield. I, you know, to me, that they didn't address their problems. When the Titans went in, and destroyed them. They just ignored the rushing attack and took all the receivers away and put pressure on Stafford. And Stafford looked like he did his first couple years at Detroit Sunday night. Yeah, that was a bad game. There's no 
if and or buts. He tried to and do then, too much, and then you know. Let's remember, they're a second place team. The Rams are. Cardinals are in first right now. They won with Colt McCoy at quarterback. Let me repeat that again. Colt McCoy, who I would venture to say 95% of our audience thought that he retired five or six years <laughs> ago. So who do you give the credit for the Cardinals? Do you think, I forget their Texas Tech ex-coach, Kingsley, right? Kingsbury? Yeah, King, King, yes. Don't, do you give uh, him all the credit? Is he the reason? I'm the general manager. He's putting these pieces together. And he's done a great drafting job. I mean, it's it's a solid team now. If they're able to, I mean, I'm a team from Arizona that has a great regular season record, we worry about what they're going to do in the playoffs. Sounds like NBA discussion, doesn't it? Uh, they're going to have home field. Uh, they get a, a nice dome. I, I just, I don't see that. They and Tampa Bay are the two teams that have the least amount of weaknesses. Yeah, but Kyler Murray is going to get injured again. He's just too small. He gets hurt every year. If he goes down, I don't think Colt can keep it up. You know, they've got John Connor to give him a great rushing attack, former Steeler running back. He has just been phenomenal. They lost J.J. Watt for the season. But the defense hasn't really dropped that much. I I mean, them and Tampa Bay are the two best teams in the NFC. I'm after last weekend. I'm really don't know who the best teams are in the AFC. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And like we were saying before, I really love college football. And this time of year, I like NFL, but I don't really love NFL until we get to like two games at the last two games of the season when all the playoff implications the, are coming up. You got to get past the Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving game. Do you know the last two weeks are in January? You know, everybody talks about we want to be playing football in January. All the NFL teams will be playing football in January. The last two weeks are after January 1st. And the coldest outdoor stadium is Buffalo still? Oh, Green Bay gets pretty cold. But you know what stadium has the record for the coldest game ever? Doesn't exist anymore. The stadium does not exist. Minnesota? New Riverfront Stadium. Remember the Bengals Chargers playoff game where it got to be windchill factor of minus 46? Wow. Was that Kenny Anderson? That's Kenny Anderson and Dan Fouts. That was Charger power. That was Jefferson and... And that whole uh, Winslow and Brooks at running back for the Chargers and the uh, the Icky Shuffle, Icky Woods. So I think so it wasn't um, Kenny Anderson. I think that was the Oh, guy, that was Boomer. Boomer. That was Boomer. Size, that was yeah. Boomer, yeah. Yeah, Boomer. <coughs> so so me, I was sorry. watching CBS's halftime show, and man, it sure looks like Boomer cannot stand Phil Sims. I mean, every time Phil Sims says something, Boomer gets this look on his face like, if you were any closer to me, I'd slug you. I don't know okay. if it's just me picking up on that. or The story is the reason Nance wanted to get away from and actually Chris Sims, Phil Sims' son, I've heard him kind of confirm this story, and i got to tastefully say this. Oh, that I know Phil Sims toots or has farts. Yeah, yeah, he passes wind, so to speak. And thinks it's funny. 
And you actually, there's a recording where you actually hear him during a game. So if he's doing that, you know, if he's sitting at a desk for seven hours, I'm sure that might be a reason why Esiason, but Esiason has that kind of personality character anyway. I mean, uh, let's face it. When on the CBS crew, Coach Cowher is about the only one I listen to. <laughs> and, and, um, and, um, Burleson? Oh, huh? Burleson. Not, not, well, I was actually going to say the host. Oh, James Brown. Yeah, yeah. Brown does a pretty good job. Yeah. I always look at James Brown and say, where does the toupee stop and end with him? Well, that's kind of like... Greg Gumbel. Yeah, yeah. Both Gumbel boys have toupees. So you can kind of see that respect. Not as as good as uh, Burt Reynolds' old one that was actually alive. Oh, wow. All right, Ernest, let's get to your last couple good minutes as we start to wrap up this podcast. Uh, it's college basketball season, folks. I know another sport to follow. And of course, Duke looks like they're going to win, but they always think like they're going to win. Uh, yeah. In November, they're the champs of November, but I've I've seen some games and, um, your Michigan team looks pretty good there. Paul Hunter Dickerson looks like an all American, which he was last year. You've run out of Wagner Brothers, right? There's no yeah. more Wagner Brothers coming around. Yeah, we can't clone haven't, anymore. Haven't, haven't called Mom Wag Wagner and see if she can have some more kids over there in Deutschland. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. You know, the fans are back. The season starts way too early. Uh, to me, you know, Paul doesn't pay attention to NFL to the last two weeks of the season. I don't pay attention to college basketball until uh, we get to uh, – conference season but there are two good games coming up in the next two weeks you should really pay attention you get a chance to see them three games actually texas uh uh gonzaga will be playing uh duke and gonzaga will be playing ucla and ucla will also be playing texas so those are all top five teams we kind of forget that gonzaga and and Baylor played each other early in the season, so you may be getting, again, a championship game uh, exposure in that respect. And uh, going to take a chance. Me and my grandson are going to see the NBA team with the best record in basketball play this Sunday night. Paul, do you know what team has the best record in the NBA right now? Oh, wow. Well, it's not your Charlotte Hornets, so it's somebody no. they're playing. So I'm going to say New York Knicks. No, the 10 and 1 Golden State Warriors. Oh, that's right. Steph's been dropping it. Yeah, Steph's been dropping it. Thompson has not come back yet. Wiseman, the center, has not played this year. Uh, they've got a little guard from Michigan who has been a revelation. Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole has played excellent as a starting point guard for them. So it's a chance to go to our first NBA game of the season. I'm looking forward very much for that. And of course, today, uh, we're all keeping in mind all the veterans that, uh, and again, I reiterate that should be going on 365. Paul, your closing thoughts. Yeah. Um, I hope you get a funny Charlotte Hornets hat or some giveaway when you go, Ernest, because one of the best memories I have of going to a game with Ernest is with my son, and they were giving away the fuzzy uh, Hugo hats, right? They're like Hugo the. Right, right. So I that still was have always... all those. 
to so, my wife's consternation, I still have those, and I'm <laughs> looking at some of them right now. And bobbleheads. Yeah. I have. Uh, I'm looking at my Steve Martin, my Moxie Bogues, my Larry Johnson, my Glenn Rice, my Miles Bridges, and my Kimball Walker bobbleheads right now as we speak. So in Ernest's house, and, there's always somebody looking at you. I just put it that way. Yes, yes. Uh, it's our bobbleheads. So tomorrow night, my son and I are going to go to a lady soccer uh, NCAA tournament game at Michigan Soccer Stadium. Yes, we have our own soccer stadium. And it's the, the women's team of U of M playing Bowling Green State University, where my son went to school. And it's supposed to be about 50 degrees when the game starts at 6 o'clock. And we're taking two of the three of the granddaughters to go. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think anytime it's, you know, playoffs or a championship type game, it's going to be fun. Whatever men, women, doesn't matter. So that's one of the beauties of living in a college town. All right, Ernest, uh, both of us will probably go see a movie this week. So listen to us next week when we talk about some of the movies that are out. So for Ernest Watts, this is Paul Arnold. Have a good night. Good night.